I want to see you get back on the horse. Focus on what you want. What is your next step? Ain't bad, just is. What do you want? What do you desire? What's not working for you? Hi, I'm Zach Aaron, and I've transformed the lessons learned in the rodeo arena into a successful 20-year career in entrepreneurial leadership, building teams, developing leaders, and helping companies thrive. Today, I coach mavericks, artistic visionary business owners and entrepreneurial leaders on the wild ride of being the ultimate leader. Because true leadership is an art. It's not about what you do or how you do it. It's about who you're being. Leadership from the inside out. This is being in the arena. All right, here we are in the arena. Today, I want to talk about something that I learned years ago riding Saddle Bronx. I I, I was a 15-year-old kid, and I'm riding Saddle Bronx, and I'm not kidding. I hit the ground over and over and over again. I would spend money, hundreds of dollars, to enter these rodeos. I would cinch down my saddle. I'd nod my head, and wham, I'd hit the ground. And I just would do that over and over again. I was getting really frustrated. I'm, I'm like, how am I going to figure this out? And I had a coach at the time, and he was getting frustrated. Like Maybe not frustrated, but he knew that what I needed most was a kick in the butt. Like, And this is what it was. I was walking back behind the chutes after getting bucked off yet again. I'm hanging my head, and he walks up to me. He says, Zach, he's like, God damn it. He's like, you'd get bucked off a Shetland pony. What are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? And it was just a wake up because he hadn't usually talked to me that way. He's like, Zach, you've ridden horses your whole life. You can go from a stop to a full-blown run on the back of your horse and rope a steer by the horns. You don't fall off then. Why are you falling off these horses? This, there's no difference. And, and I'm like, it, it makes sense what he's saying. I don't know. I don't know why. I do. I just can't seem to stay on the back of a bronc. I just can't. I would fall. He's right. I could strap my bronc saddle down on the back of a Shetland pony. And yeah, I think he's right. I think I would fall off. I think I would hit the ground. So you see, there was something going on. Like I was so in my head about bronc riding. I was trying so hard and I was so tense. I wouldn't allow myself to, to find some freedom to play. And here's, here's what he proposed we do. He said, Zach, I know it's a school night, but I want you up at my place Thursday night. Have your mom bring you and you don't need to bring anything but your saddle and your gear. I've got an old horse, gentle, kind horse. I put all, when kids come over to my place, I put them on the back of this horse. We're going to run old paint in the chutes, and you're going to put your bronc saddle on that horse. I'm going to teach you that you can stay on the back of a bronc. I'm going to teach you that you can stay on the back of a horse with your bronc saddle. And I'm going to show it. I'm going to prove to you that you can do it. I'm like, okay. So that night, Thursday night comes, we get there. He brings in old paint. If you're wondering what I mean by old paint, those horses that are, are black and white and there's spots all over them, they call those paints. And they're beautiful horses. Old paint, big old paint, big white and black horse, beautiful horse, old horse, gentle horse. It just let me put the saddle on its back. When I cinched it down, I climb over the chute and I sit down, put my feet in the stirrups, nod my head. The gate slowly opens, the horse trots out and he kicks and does some stuff and boom, I hit the ground. <laughs> so 
then I hear I'm on the ground. I'm still on the ground. I haven't even got up yet. And I hear Bruce again, go again, Zach, get your stuff. Let's go again. They bring old paint back in. I get on the back of paint, nod my head. I hit the ground again. I did that like 20 times. I hit the ground over and over again. And then again, bring him in. And I'm pissed. I'm and I'm tired. It's late. It's 10 o'clock at night. And we're two hours away from home as a school night. We're for sure not getting home before midnight tonight. He's again, and, I'm, and at this point, I'm just, I'm pissed, I'm tired, I'm spent. And I get on the back of paint, nod my head, and paint trots around the arena. And there I am. I'm holding my hand high, I've got my chin tucked, I'm looking at the shoulders of that horse, and he's just trotting around the arena. And all of a sudden, I hear Bruce, I hear Travis, I even hear my mom. They're all applauding me. It's like a little golf clap, like, Yay, you know, you're doing it. I'm a 15-year-old boy. And they're like, oh, good, look at that. You can do it. And I went home that night. I remember we were packing the car up to get ready to go. And I looked down at my clothes. I'm not kidding you. I had a long sleeve shirt on, but I had holes in both the elbows. My elbows were bleeding still. I ripped a hole in my knee because I hit the ground 20 times. And I remember Bruce coming up to me. He's you're going to be sore tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure... The next rodeo you're at, you're going you're gonna to cover that bronc. And he was right. And there's a distinction here. Being on the ground and getting back on the horse. Are you on the ground or are you choosing to get back on the horse? And so here's the distinction that I want to walk us through today. And this is for you. I know I'm sharing a story about myself, but I see this. I get to work with so many amazing clients, entrepreneurial vision or visionaries, business owners, leaders. And frankly, there's a part of them that's scared, that's wondering if they're going to be good enough to go on to this next step to really bring their vision to life. They're on the ground. And one of the number one things I am determined to do for you is to get you back on the horse. And keep your butt on that horse. And look, you're going to get thrown, right? It's part of it. And sometimes, yeah, you got to stay on the ground for a while. And sometimes you got to take some time to dust yourself off, patch yourself up. And sometimes just a hug can feel really nice. Go through it and, and take, take a moment. Cool. But here's the thing. Life always happens. Success always happens when you're on the back of the horse. So you can choose to be on the ground for as long as you want. But at some point, until you do, on the ground, you're giving your power away. There's a time and place to be on the ground and rest up. But if you're working with me, I'm calling you back on the back of the horse because that's where life happens, in the saddle. And so there's a distinction between the ground and the horse. Are you on the ground or are you on the horse? And in, in the moment, and throughout your day, where are you? Are you on the ground? Are you being on the ground? Are you being on the horse, being in the saddle? Because here's what on the ground looks like. You're inside your story. And so there's things happening out there, out there in the environment, your team, your home life, your kids, things that are happening on in the business, hitting the numbers, not hitting the numbers, customer complaints, whatever it is. You create a story about what's happening. And that's usually a story that you're not the hero of that story, unfortunately. You're more or less being the victim of that story. Now, 
I love you. And so I'm not calling you a victim. I'm just saying when we're on the ground, we are taking on a position of victimhood. We are giving away our power. We're seeing ourselves at the effect of our external environment. We're inside of a story that's creating that. We're creating a story about what's happening. And you could create the hero's journey from that happening, or you can create the, the, the victim's journey from that happening, that you're on the ground. Being on the horse is creating the story, like creating a story that leads you to becoming powerful, creating the story of, okay, ain't bad, just is back on the horse. What do I want? What's my next step? So that's the distinction between ground and horse. The second thing, when we're on the ground, we tend to explain ourselves to others. And here's the thing, like when I'm working with somebody, I'll notice, are they explaining their situation to me or are they telling me what they want to create? There's a difference. Explaining their situation, we're not on the horse at that point. We're just kind of, we're, we're planting our feet in the ground and being like, see, I'm on the ground. You can see that I fell off and here's why I fell off and da, 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 and, and it's got, you, okay, we can talk about that. But the more I've been doing this, the more I'm like, no. You're trying to enroll me into your story and I'm not going to let you. No, I don't believe it. I don't believe your stories. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm coming across really intense. I'm saying this with a lot of love. I'm calling you back into the saddle because I know that's what, where life happens. So if I see and if you're experiencing yourself as explaining yourself, again, you're inside your own story and you're trying to enroll others in your story, which only makes your story stronger and keeps you stuck right where you are. I want to see you get back on the horse, focus on what you want. What is your next step? Ain't bad, just is. What do you want? What do you desire? What's not working for you? What would have to be true for you to be getting what you want? And lead. That's being on the back of the horse. Being on the ground is the equivalent of just pretending you're confused. And look, that can be a convenient way of being because there is no responsibility when we're down there. And sometimes we're just, we're avoiding no doing what the thing we know we need to do. There's resistance around it, but we got to be able to get on the horse and ride the horse, just like a surfer rides the wave. And what's interesting about this is you have to be willing to be with discomfort, be with anxiety and stress and overwhelm, whatever those emotions are, because when we're on the ground, we start feeling emotions and we're like, you know, I just need a moment. I'm feeling some anxiety, some stress, some overwhelm right now. I just, I'm not ready to get back on the horse yet. And the truth is that's going to be there, whether you're on the horse or not, life happens on the horse. So you can choose to be on the ground and just feel those things and come up with stories of why you're not ready, or you can just get back on the horse. I, my favorite movie is Top Gun Maverick. You don't think just do It's Just get back on the horse, get out of your head. Because the more we're thinking about our situation, our brain is only so helpful. Our thinking oftentimes creates our reality and it just keeps us on the ground. I would much rather get back on the horse and start getting back in touch with what you desire and start experimenting and taking action. And oftentimes that is stepping outside of your comfort zone. And that's what we've got to learn to be with. Got to be on the back of that horse. We've got to learn to free ourselves up and play. And, and that's exactly what I had to do on old paint. On the ground, we're in judgment. We're, we're a lot of judgments. This is good. This is bad. Oh, they were wrong. I'm right. And we're in judgments. And, and we oftentimes feel very apathetic. Just I just don't feel motivated. I just don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah, that's what being on the ground just feels like. 
it's not until you put yourself back on the horse that you give yourself an opportunity to get back in touch with your own awareness and start to engage with what is and, and mold it like clay and create with it and be the artist of your life. I love bringing art into business because I think you, if you're a business owner, if you're leading teams, that's an art. Today, we've tried to make it into some sort of um, science or skill set. And there's all these tactics and behavior competencies and personality assessments. And I just think those are all a bunch of distractions because if we could get back in touch with who we are and allow that to be expressed, artist, the meaning of the word art it, it implies being, it, 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 it's an expression and it's, it's just something that comes. And there's a distinction here between being on the ground and being on the horse. When we're on the ground, oftentimes we are so focused on what others are thinking of us. And on the ground, you're not who you think you are. You're, you actually end up becoming who you think others think you are, which is interesting. I'm going to say that again. When you're on the ground, you're not actually who you are truly who you are, who you think others think you are because it's like the cage is closing in. Like the more we, we create what other people might be thinking of us and allow that to dictate how we show up. You can't lead. You can't get back. You can't be on the horse and do that at the same time. I'm reading a really powerful book right now. It's called art and fear by David Bales and Ted Orland. And there's a chapter on fear of others. Why don't we do our work? Well, because we're afraid of what others will think about it. And I underlined, highlighted a couple sentences here that I want to read to you. Because as long as you continue to do that and worry more about what others are thinking of you and let that guide your decision-making, that's catering to your fears. And this is what the book I'm going to read this line to you. Catering to fears of being misunderstood leaves you dependent upon your audience. So when you're worrying about what other people are thinking about you, you are putting yourself in a position of being dependent upon your audience. If you're an artist, if you're a leader. In the simplest yet most deadly scenario, your ideas are diluted to what you imagine your audience can imagine leading you to work that is condescending, arrogant, or both. That one's like worth slowing down and really thinking about. You dilute your ideas down to what you imagine your audience can imagine. So you diminish who you are because of a fear of being too much or seeing too big of a vision and other people not going to buy into it. You end up diminishing that vision and the work that you end up doing becomes condescending. So let's look at how could that be condescending? I think it's condescending to yourself. You're diminishing who you are, but I think it also is condescending to your team because if you're telling yourself a story that I, I, I don't think they'll be on board or I think that's too much. Every time I bring something like this up, they, they ask questions about it. Therefore, that must mean that they're not on board. I don't think you're thinking highly enough of your team. I think they can handle it. And I think you seeing them as powerful and allowing them to have questions, allowing them to be skeptical is a great place to come from. That's being on the horse. How could it be arrogant, diluting your ideas 
down to what you imagine your audience can imagine. How could that be arrogant? The fact that we think that our visions are that that grand. What if? What if some people on the team start to see it? And now it might take some time. They may not see it right away, but we've got to continue to just show up full stop who we are, not holding back. This worrying about what other people think of us has to get out of our way. Otherwise, we're never going to be able to stay on the horse. We're just going to keep hitting the ground. And if anything, my hope is this episode is calling you back on the horse, just like my coach did again and again, to the point that by the time the night was over, something shifted for me. And something did shift for me and something will shift for you. And here's the worst thing. When you put your art and put your expression at the mercy of the audience, you discard your own highest vision in the process. You stop giving credence to your desires and your vision. And it never comes to light, never happens. And so let's get back on the horse. This is the question for you. Are you on the ground? And this isn't like a single way of being, like you just are on the ground all the ways or on the horse. It's like in the moment, ask yourself, am I on the ground right now or or am I on the horse? Oh, I'm on the ground. Okay, get back on the horse. What does getting back on the horse mean to you? It probably has something to do with starting with what serves me? What do I want to see here? What's the outcome? And that's asking and listening and then taking a step. As soon as you do that, you're back on the horse. So are you on the ground or are you on the horse? I hope you're leaving this short episode with a a takeaway that you can apply in your business and your life. Because what I believe about you is that you are powerful. You are powerful to create that vision that's inside your heart. That's there for a reason. And whatever your desires are, when you look out there in the world and you look at people and and you just, they, they inspire the hell out of you. And there's this aspiration to create something like that. That's your work to create. The only way you create it is on the back of the horse. If you're on the ground, none of that happens. And that's a choice. You always can make the choice to get back on the horse. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode.